good morning. It's great to be with you here this morning, uh, Big Woods Bible Church, as we gather uh, together to worship uh, our risen Savior. If you have your Bibles with you, and I hope that you do, I would ask you to turn with me to Mark chapter 10 uh, as we continue uh, in our series through Mark, uh, titled Marked for a Mission. Uh, We will be talking this morning about having eyes to see. Uh, And so before we do that, I would invite you to pray with me uh, before we jump into the text to ask God for his help this morning. So let's pray. God, I do thank you that we can gather here this morning. God, that you allow us to come into your presence. God, that you you draw us into relationship with you, and you ask us, God, then to go and call others to the same thing. Thank you, God, that we have this place to come to worship your name, to sing of your holiness, to sing of your greatness. And God, may, may the things that we've sung this morning not just be words on our lips, but may you grip our hearts with their truths, God, that we might live in light of what we've been singing this morning about who you are. God, as we, as we open up your word this morning and as we read it, I pray, God, that you would help us to understand, uh, God, that you would remove any distractions, uh, including myself, to seeing and, and then applying your word to our lives. And I just ask, God, that uh, in all of these things that you would be glorified. Uh, so, God, as we, as we come together this morning uh, in time, uh, together in your word, I ask for your Holy Spirit to guide, uh, and for uh, the risen Christ to be proclaimed. Uh, We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask all of these things. Amen. Has anyone uh, been enjoying this weather lately? I I love the snow. The, The Hamiltons love the snow. Um, this rain is all right, but uh, the the weather reminded me of uh, of a car that I had in college that was not the most uh, reliable to say it nicely I suppose uh, it was a little little Acura Integra and it was great until it started having these these unexplainable and and for, for whatever reason, unfixable battery problems. Whenever I would try to start it, you know, it just it wouldn't work. It wouldn't even click. Nothing. Nothing would happen. And it would leave me stranded everywhere. It, it got to the point where, you know, I, I, I decided I'm not even going to try to start it without jumping it uh, and just had to jump it almost every single time. Um, and before that... You know, I, I didn't have my own set of jumper cables. always relying on, on someone else uh, to have jumper cables to be able to jump my car. Uh, but eventually, I learned and figured, you know, I, I should have my own jumper cables. And so I think, actually, I ended up 
um, stealing some from my dad. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, I was like, all right, I have jumper cables. I will never be stranded again. But what I didn't realize was having the jumper cables is only half the battle. You know, you still have to have another car to hook the jumper cables up to to be able to start uh, the dead car. And that was the most difficult part for me because I have a very difficult time asking for help. Does anyone else maybe relate to that? It is difficult to reach out to someone else and say, you know, I'm in need. I I need some help here. Uh, Maybe it's because... I'm an introvert, maybe it's because I'm, I'm filled with pride, whichever it is, but, but whatever the reason is, it's not a good thing. And so there were times that, quite literally, I would sit in my car for close to an hour with my jumper cables hooked up, just waiting for some nice person to come along and say, hey, do you need some help? Because I was so unwilling to reach out and ask for help. Just, uh, just ask my wife. I would be more willing uh, to drive around uh, trying to find where I'm going and, and run out of gas before I'm going to stop and ask for directions. I have a, a very difficult time asking for help. And so in preparing for this text, pre- preparing to preach this morning, I was... I was incredibly challenged to meet this man, blind Bartimaeus, and see how easily and how desperately he reaches out to Jesus to ask for help. And so I would invite you to to read along with me in your laps or on the screen Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52 says, And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So let's just set the scene here a little bit. We saw last week um, they're continuing on their journey. 
coming from, from Bethsaida, uh, and, and now they're entering Jericho on their way to Jerusalem. Jericho is, is along that path, uh, is along the, the major highways of the day, uh, and, and it's, it's an oasis town. Uh, and so it's kind of like, you know, the last rest stop that you go to uh, on your way to whatever your destination might be. Uh, it has a lot to offer the travelers because it, it's an oasis, uh, lush with palm trees, vegetation. Uh, it, it's, it seemed, uh, from my studies, to always be at, at a nice temperature. Uh, even when there was snow down the road, it was uh, because it was secluded. Uh, it was just a nice place. And so the disciples and Jesus and this great crowd are coming to Jericho. And remember that it's the time of the Passover, so many people would be making this journey with them. The streets would be filled. Jericho was, was probably packed, uh, and many people would have been there on their way to Jerusalem. An interesting thing about Jeru- uh, Jericho is because of, of its oasis town and because of uh, its location, there was a special plant, it's called a balsam plant, that grew naturally in Jericho. And they would use that plant to, to make some sort of medicine to treat the diseases that caused blindness. And, and so many, many blind people from the area, surrounding areas, would, would flock to Jericho. One historian said that one in five people in Jericho had some sort of disease of the eyes uh, that would cause them to be blind. And so this, this is most likely what has happened to Bartimaeus. He has come to Jericho, tried this treatment from the balsam plants. It didn't work. And now he has no other option but to resort to begging. And so the first thing that we see from this text is that Bartimaeus is a picture of need. When we meet him, he's sitting on the roadside begging. And clearly the news of Jesus had traveled to Jericho and heard of his miracles. So when he heard that Jesus was passing by, he knew that this would be his last hope at recovering his sight. His need is, is so great that when the crowd is trying to silence him, all he does is gets louder. It's because he knows Jesus is his only hope. And it's interesting then because Bartimaeus could not see physically, but he could definitely see spiritually. And if we were to go back and, and compare uh, Bartimaeus to the disciples, which, which uh, we'll do throughout, we'll see that, that even though Bartimaeus is blind, he clearly can see who Jesus is better than the multitudes and better than the disciples, all of which, all of whom could see physically. Bartimaeus then is crying 
out to Jesus as the son of David. And this is, this is an intentional title, an intentional name that Bartimaeus gives to Jesus. Son of David is a messianic term, a messianic name. He's calling out to the long-awaited deliverer, the one who would be the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. When, when John the Baptist sent his disciples uh, to Jesus to ask if he was the one uh, for whom that they were waiting, or, or should they look for another, Jesus responds with Isaiah 35.5 that says, The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. This is the Messiah they were waiting for. Bartimaeus knows this. And he is calling out to Jesus as the Messiah. But not only that, he knows exactly what he needs. So he knows who he's calling out to, but he knows what he needs to have from Jesus, and that is mercy. Bartimaeus is expressing his need, and he's showing just how desperate he is. And how, how different is that from the request of James and John that, that we saw last week, who came to Jesus asking for position, for power, for prominence, all of which uh, was, was coming from a sense of entitlement. Bartimaeus, though, comes simply asking for mercy with no hint of self-seeking glory. And so because of that, <clears throat> I think that we learn from Bartimaeus. The second thing that we learn is that Bartimaeus is a picture of a true disciple. What a joy. What a joy it must have been for, for Bartimaeus to hear the crowd go from, from shh to get up. Take heart, he is calling you. And when that happens, Bartimaeus has the proper response to the call of Jesus. Remember, Bartimaeus is blind. He is a beggar. So he has nothing. He, he would only have what is given to him by the people who are passing by. And yet, Jesus calls. And he throws off his cloak. That's probably the only thing that he owned as a beggar. It's probably the only thing that would protect him from the elements. And yet, he wanted nothing to hinder his coming to Christ. And so he gave it up to follow Jesus with no delay. This is quite the opposite of the rich young ruler who, who did not want to give up anything to follow Christ. He would rather hold on to his stuff instead of holding on to his Savior. 
And so Bartimaeus then is asked the same question by Jesus that he asked of James and John that, again, we saw last week. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? And instead of asking for position or power or prominence, Bartimaeus simply admits his need and asks for mercy. And that is why Jesus pours out his mercy on Bartimaeus and grants his request, unlike James and John's request for power and prominence. That's, that's because it's, it's on those who know their need and cry out for it and, and admit their need before God that, that God pours out his mercy. And so upon the request for mercy from Bartimaeus, he immediately recovers his sight. Jesus tells him, go your way, your faith has made you well. The word there that's translated uh, has made you well, or maybe some of your Bibles say healed, is the word sozo, which as, as well as meaning healed, means saved. And so there's, there's this double meaning that is, that is given with this word. And, and I think shows that Bartimaeus was healed physically and saved spiritually. And I think there are two other things that, that show us that from the text. Bartimaeus, uh, in, in addressing Jesus, we've seen he, he not only calls out to him as the son of David, uh, but he says to Jesus, Rabbanai. And that's different than, than the, the word rabbi. Rabbi simply means teacher. But rabbi, uh, sorry, rabbanai means lord and master. So Bartimaeus addresses Jesus as the son of David, David, the Messiah, but also as lord and master. Secondly, verse 52 says that as soon as he recovered his sight, he followed Jesus on the way. Jesus says to him, go your way. And Bartimaeus decides to follow Jesus. And I think that's because Bartimaeus has become a disciple. Bartimaeus has become a follower of Christ. Bartimaeus pictured discipleship clearly. He, he recognized his need. He trusted Jesus as the only one to give him God's gracious mercy. And when he could finally see, he immediately began to follow Jesus. Bartimaeus was transformed from a helpless man going nowhere to a restored man who set out on the road of discipleship. He goes from, from hurting to healed, from sitting to saved, 
from destitute to disciple. Bartimaeus' life changed because he called out and experienced the mercy of Jesus. And I think we learn then about the mercy of God. The mercy of God is meant to change us. When we experience it, we are going to be different. Without it, we'd be sitting on the side of the road or, or maybe uh, in a parking lot with a dead battery, not going anywhere. But when we reach out to God in our need and beg for His mercy, He meets that need. We go from begging to following Him on the way. And God, in His mercy, provided Jesus to free us from our spiritual blindness so that we can see and follow Jesus as our Lord and Master. And so there are, there are two things that we take away from this text. Hopefully you have enough space in your bulletin to write these down. Two points of application. Firstly, <clears throat> boldly confess your need for His mercy. Boldly confess your need for His mercy. Do we realize that, that we are in the same boat as Bartimaeus? Do we realize that, that we are in need? We must not be blind to that fact. But more importantly than that, do we know that Jesus is our only hope? Jesus is our only hope to meet the need that we have. And so we need to boldly confess that to him. He may come asking, what do you want me to do for you? And in doing so, he's, he's wanting us to reveal that need, to recognize the fact that we are in need. And much like Bartimaeus, we must confess that need. We must throw away all pride and say, maybe even for the first time, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me and live fully depending on his power and forgiveness. And it's no different if, if you're already a Christian. You know, you don't become a Christian and then all of a sudden don't need God anymore. If you are already a Christian, daily confess your need for Christ's mercy and walk each day in the power that He provides. Come before Him each day to confess your need before Him, knowing that He alone can meet that need. Secondly, be willing to give up all to follow Jesus. We've already seen in the text of Mark 
uh, the rich young ruler who, who held on to his stuff. And then we come to Bartimaeus who, who willingly and gladly and quickly lets go of all things that might be holding him back from following because he wants nothing to hold him back. And so I'll tell you here this morning, nothing is worth holding on to if it will keep you from following Jesus. There's nothing that you own, nothing that you possess, nothing that you have earned that is worth holding on to if it means not following Jesus. So I would, I would urge you this morning, let go of whatever is preventing you from calling out and jumping up to follow Jesus. Bartimaeus was a picture of need. He confessed that need and in doing so became a picture of a true disciple, one who follows after Christ. And so, may we follow the example of Bartimaeus and see Jesus as our Lord and Master and cry out to Him daily and then follow Him immediately, no matter the cost. So let's pray to that end. God, we ask that you would apply this text to our hearts. We thank you for the picture that we see in Bartimaeus and ask, God, that you would help us to imitate what we saw in him. Help us, God, to see our need. But not only that, to confess it before you, knowing that you alone can meet that need. And so God, would you help us? Would you reveal to us what, what we might be holding on to that is preventing us from following after Christ? And would you help us to willingly and quickly give it up so that we might follow each day after Christ? God, we love you. We praise you, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask all of these things. Amen.